With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Herd at Sports Radio. Illini in Husker territory. Pressure comes. DeVito dumps. Got his man caught first down. 35-30. Isaiah Williams down the left sideline. Might score. He will. Touchdown. Touchdown, Illinois. And Isaiah Williams scoops it up with a catch over the middle. Sprints down the left sideline. Huskers have been prone to big plays. And the Illini get a big one there. Touchdown, Illinois. Man, it's almost that time. Less than 10 days until Husker kickoff. Uh, But that is college football season start. So we are taking a look not only at who Nebraska will be facing off against this year, but just going around the Big Ten, doing our Big Ten whip. We do it every year, and we start things off by talking to Robert Rosenthal, publisher of IlliniBoard.com, at Illini on Twitter. Robert, good morning. Thanks for taking the time. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. Hey, so yesterday, and I think this was fairly obvious to assume, but Luke Altmeyer was officially named the starter. How much do you credit him on earning the position and not allowing the outside noise to creep in, which basically guaranteed him to be the starter from the jump? Yeah, I think it's interesting. So there, there was a second transfer. Obviously, Altmeyer was brought in four stars, didn't win the job at, at Ole Miss, so you know, that's how it works these days. Those four-star kids look for their other job or, you know, where they're going to get their other starting spot. Um, and he came to Illinois. But the second transfer, John Paddock from Ball State, who was Ball State's starter last year. He's actually an Illinois legacy. Uh, his uncle and his, his grandpa and his great-grandpa all played for Illinois, so he, he wanted to do that for his fifth season. So it was, I think, more of a competition than most people thought. You know, everyone – talks about it just like any transfer QB. Hey, he's, you know, he, he's being brought in to be the starter. It's his job. But I think he really did have to earn it. Robert, I'm curious, what are some of the things that you are looking for Altmeyer to bring to the table that maybe Illinois hasn't had in years past with guys like DeVito? You know, it's, so just to give you a little Illinois history, this is a stat I threw out there in the last few weeks. DeVito right now is, is, kind of the third string quarterback with the Giants. He's, you know, started a couple of their preseason games. They're making that NFL decision of whether to keep three quarterbacks or two. If DeVito does hang around with the Giants and makes the roster, he would be the first Illinois quarterback rostered in the NFL since uh, Kurt Kittner, which was the early 2000s. Like 2003, I think, was Kittner's final year with the Falcons, maybe 2004. So it's been 20 years since even a single quarterback is rostered. Just even, I mean, how many quarterback spots are there in the NFL? 70, 80, if, depending on who carries three. And there hasn't been a single Illinois quarterback to make that. So 
you know, Illinois fans have been waiting for a quarterback to come along and be that kind of player. It's just been so, so long since there's that guy. So I, I say it for every transfer quarterback. It's right there. You know, he could become a legend in a few games in Champaign because the quarterback play just hasn't been good for the last, the last 20 years. When they have had, you know, well-known quarterbacks like Juice Williams in the late 2000s, he was more of a running quarterback and didn't have many uh, NFL prospects. So it's it's right there for Altmaier to be be a legend in Champaign. Now, you mentioned quarterback play not being too strong, but uh, defensively you guys have looked very strong in recent years. Um, but, you know, with all the – with all the young guys, with all the transfers and underclassmen filling major roles, in particular the secondary, do you think they can be as effective as they were last year? Uh, I mean, as effective as last year is, is high, it's, it's, high bar. It is a high bar. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Because, I mean, look, last night, Quan Martin had a pick in the Redskins, or sorry, the Commanders. Um, preseason game uh Kendall Smith was the free safety he had a pick in that same game he's also with the commanders Sydney Brown's now with the Eagles Devin Witherspoon's with the Seahawks as the number five overall pick I mean that was a secondary that Illinois fans haven't seen in forever and probably won't see again for 20 years so um so yeah it, it won't be that they the biggest issue right now I think is they had another kid who had three picks last year um, when when some guys opted out of Illinois' bowl game, he started the bowl game. He had a pick in the bowl game named Matt Bailey. Uh, he was the next guy at safety, um, you know, kind of step in and, and not lose much ground. But he's got a foot injury. He's still in a boot. Uh, Brett Bielma said yesterday he's out until at least the Penn State game um, in mid-September, if not later. And so that's even a bigger blow of not only you lose these four guys who are all in NFL camps right now, three of them draft picks, um, you, you, the next guy who was set to come in, uh, he's out as well. So it's a big, big task for them. You know, they threw everything at it they could. They Three transfers, two JUCOs, four high school recruits. They moved two guys from offense to defense. They, they're trying everything they can to replace the secondary, but it's a wait and see in the first game here. We're talking with Robert Rosenthal from IlliniBoard.com. Uh, how much is that front end of the defense going to help out the secondary? They return five of their six kind of primary front end positions between the D-line and linebackers. How much can that offset some of the losses in the secondary? I mean, just as the opposite of what I just talked about, it, I guess I'll say it, it needs to be the best defensive line in Illinois history. I mean, I don't think that's I – mean, three, four, maybe five of the guys have NFL prospects. Johnny Newton should be a first-round pick next year. Keith Randolph will be a pick. Seth Coleman will be an NFL player. They have a guy who was a freshman All-American, Gabe Ackes, who returns for his sophomore year. Like, they they just have, you know, it for for someone covering Illinois, you don't talk about things like this. That – when I say best defensive line in team history, I mean that because there's just there's not a defensive line in Illinois history that has four what seem to be surefire NFL guys, uh, and so it's it's it should be the dominant thing of a defense. You know, I think it's maybe easier for a secondary to show up as the dominant part of the defense than the line, um, 
you know, the, sometimes the linemen aren't getting the, in the unless they're sacks, they're not getting the, the praise that maybe the 25 interceptions the secondary had last year would get. Sure. But it should be a dominant uh, type thing with, with several NFL guys, not just the interior guys in Randolph and, and Newton, but also the exterior guys in Akis and Coleman. Robert, I'm curious, kind of on a bigger picture scale here with Illinois, um, historically, you know, you mentioned Kirk Kittner. Um, they followed up a lot of their best seasons in Illinois. You know, 2001, they go to the Sugar Bowl. The next year, they're 5-7. and seven. 2007, they go to the Rose Bowl. The next year, they're 5-7. and seven. Illinois seemingly had a really hard time stringing together these consecutive years of quality play and quality football even when most of the pieces seem to be intact to to have a chance to do this I I guess what's the level of I don't know if angst or anxiety is the word but coming off of an eight and five season where at times Illinois was ranked as high as 14 in one of the polls I guess where is the level of of consternation with the the fan base and around Champaign in general that they don't fall into the same trap that they've had over the last 20-plus years? I think if there are any Illinois fans listening to this, they just said, how, how did this guy step so deep into our psyche? Because that's the exact uh, view toward this. That's the, you know, say Toledo in the opener were to take a 10 nothing lead. Mm. Every fan in that stand is like, it's happening again. It's happening again. <laughs> Until they happening. win 45 to 10. <laughs> right. Exactly. exactly. Um, it, it, there is that, that you're exactly correct. You know, look, Illinois only had winning seasons in, uh, you know, in the 2000s. The only winning seasons for Illinois the 2001, 2007, 10, 11, and then this past season in 22. That's it. Everything else a losing season. Um, some bowl seasons, but lost the bowl and finished six and seven. Mm-hmm. So yes, there have been one year bright spots followed by nothing. Now the difference here is that the rest of the Illinois coaches over that span, you know, Ron Turner won two games his first two years. Ron Zook won one game in the Big Ten. Sorry, his first year, one conference game his first two years. Tim Beckman won one conference game his first two years. Lovey Smith won two conference games his first two years. And Brett Bielma has won nine conference games his first two years. Mm. He went four and five and then five and four in the Big Ten. That's different, obviously, right? You know, yeah. that, that speaks to more of, a, oh, this is what a rebuild looks like. This is not those one-year, you know, moments of existence where, uh, you know, everything looked right and you had a bunch of seniors and you had that good year and then the next year you got to start building again. So the hope is that this is what the rebuild is and not – you know, those, those one-year seasons like you had in 01 and 07. Now, Robert, I'm going to get you out of here on this. Uh, we got about a minute left. Uh, it's, it's kind of prediction season, right, for everybody out there. I mean, we've been hearing it a lot here in Nebraska, so I'm just going to fall into the bear trap, too, and ask you. The over-under set at 6.5. I've seen anything range from 10-2 and two all the way down to maybe those that drank a little bit of truth serum and understand the volatility that Illinois is presented with this year. Would you take the over or under the 6.5? Well, because I'm not – because this is out of the area and I don't have a bunch of angry Illinois fans, <laughs> I would probably go under. Mm. Uh, I would see something like a 6-6. Six and six. You know, this is the year that Illinois always goes 5-7, and seven, as you mentioned earlier. 
So everybody's, you know, worried about that. I could see them on a setback year, maybe only in six and six, and then right back up the next year because I think this staff hasn't figured out. Well, <laughs> I uh, bet them over, so <laughs> I'm in. Uh, Robert, I know, hurt. I know one Illinois fan <laughs> listening, and Evan is not going to be happy. <laughs> it's, in, it's deep in my psyche. Neither, neither will our guy Trent that calls into the show all the time. Big Illinois guy. Robert, we appreciate the time this morning. Have a great week. All right, thanks. Robert Rosenthal, publisher of IlliniBoard.com. Let's do the Sports Six Pack when we come back.